Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Well, it's always so good to be with you all. Um, I look forward when Mike has stuff to do. So I can get that call and come and, and be with you all. You uh, have supported us, I don't know if you know this, for about 15 years uh, since God gave the vision for us to go and... Uh, and help these uh, underprivileged kids and get them out of the urban environment and getting them out into God's beautiful creation. Um, we've had 9,300 campers since we started. And we've had 4,100 decisions for Christ. And uh, about 80% of those kids come back from age 7 all the way through 17. So, so we know God's doing something. We, we know He's changing lives and He's transforming lives. and So that's what we want to continue to be about. So, um, today I want to—I just want to talk about um, the fact that, and I think I could get an amen on this, but sometimes life gets on top of us. Has it ever happened to you? Life just has a way of doing that, and uh, so you, we really can't control it. I—I I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the day. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, and. Life is, the circumstances of life can just get on top of us. I remember uh, just this past week on Wednesday going out to watch my, my granddaughter play basketball at Creekview. I don't know if you heard on the radio, uh, a young man got in his car and just headed out. And uh, when we got to the basketball game, everybody had red on. And, and, uh, and I guess this was the, one, of the guy, one of the four that was in the car. Uh, his favorite color was red. So for that basketball game, they honored him with everybody wearing red, but, but he lost his life that day. And three others were injured, uh, very, you know, desperately. I, and I kept thinking, you know, uh, I've got uh, three grandbabies driving now. And so we pray a lot more. You know, I just, and I just thought about, you know, the moms and the relatives of those kids, especially the one that lost his life and, and I just thought about, you know, they're in the process while we're watching a basketball game. They're making, they're making funeral arrangements. Um, heard on the radio that, or the TV the other day, and they were doing a thing on this opioid uh, problem. And I think uh, if, if it hasn't happened in your life with your uh, loved ones, and it seems like we're all just one person removed about knowing someone who's had some drug problems and and they said uh, every day, every day in America, 250 people die from opioid overdoses. And uh, the thing that got my attention, the guy said that it happens all over the United States and we don't really hear about it that much, but that is like a jet liner going down every day. And all, all of a sudden it put it in perspective for me that if we knew a jet liner was going down every day, somebody 
do something about this. And I know they're trying, but can you imagine the families and the devastation and the um, life just getting on top of them? Every single day, 250 families, extended families, and loved ones as well. I remember uh, just a few months back, I got this, uh, I got this letter. There was a guy, his name was George. He used to be in my other, the church when I was on the church staff. And he was uh, uh, in Atlanta. He's a pharmaceutical executive, and he now lives in Virginia. But several months ago, he sent me this from... Uh, and it was a journal from his son, Tyler, because he was in Atlanta, and he is back home, and he sent me this, and it says, uh, this is what Tyler wrote, Dear God, so we were asked in the class um, to start journaling about what religion, religious beliefs do. Uh, you think, uh, what, what the religious beliefs that I have, and I think the only real religious belief I have is the one that really matters uh, the most that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for my sins so that if I believe in him and confess with my mouth, mind, body, soul, and hear that Jesus is Lord and that he died on the cross for me, I will have everlasting life in him. I believe in salvation on that Christ delivered us from our sins and consequences that can only be brought on by Christ himself. I don't want to be a quote-unquote religious uh, and have all the rituals that I think that God wants me uh, to do all the time. I want to have a close spiritual relationship with God. I want him to be my close friend and confidant, that his Holy Spirit will live within me and flow within me, and that will be a part uh, to anyone who knows me and meets me without having to tell them that I am a Christian. Question, God, can you please just help me to continue growing our relationship every day? A, answer, Tyler, just keep your heart and mind open and be in a place to receive me at all times, and our relationship will grow experientially. Now, the reason I read that is... Uh, just several weeks before he wrote that, and my friend coming from uh, Virginia to Atlanta, he came uh, for Tyler's funeral. Because Tyler, just a few weeks after he wrote this, uh, ended his life and committed suicide. And he was, a, he was a believer. And life can just get on top of us, can it? And we want to have this victory, and we want to walk in victory, but there's divorce that happens, uh, there's uh, financial stuff that happens, there's bankruptcy that happens, you get that infamous IRS letter in the mail, you know, you lose your job, you lose your home. I mean, there's just, you can go on and on, can't you, about how the circumstances and the situations in life just can get on top of us. Um, so, with all this that goes on, uh, how, how do we have victory in life? You know, uh, I, the verse in uh, Galatians where it says that, or Johnny says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. You might have victory in life. And, and sometimes you have to go, wow, how do you do that? It's kind of, it can get tough out here. And so <clears throat> when I look at battles, <clears throat> and let's face it, when, are we in a battle? We battle kind of every day and every week and every month and every year. There's always something coming down the road. 
And so I look at battles as external battles, and I look at them as internal battles. When I think of uh, external battles, a lot of those battles are just the things I just explained to you. Circumstances that come, you know, uh, car wrecks and home stuff and people on uh, drugs and just all kinds of th stuff that comes our way. Um, and these things, that they, they're just going to happen in life. Now, uh, in Philippians, Paul, in Philippians uh, chapter uh, 1, Paul says this in verses uh, 12 through 14. It says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. Philippians 1. There you go. Verse 12 and 14. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has been well known throughout the entire Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. And, and I could go down and, and, and keep reading that, but what we see here, Paul is saying some things that are happening. Things happen to me. They happen to him. Now, he didn't go to Philippi to, to be beaten on the Bema seat and to be thrown in jail and and have all this stuff. But things happen to me. And when that happens, it causes things to happen in me. And then when things happen in me, then God can use that to have things happen through me. Now, not every circumstance, when we experience it, things happen to us and things happen. It's not always going to turn out for the good, is it? Because a lot of it, it depends on, on how I take this in and how I'm looking at the situation and the circumstances. Some of it can just be defeated. And uh, do you know any Christians that have just walked away from the faith? Yeah, I know too many. And they just can't seem to reconcile all this stuff that goes on and why is God letting it happen. And, you know, I don't know that I, I really believe it now because he doesn't seem to be helping me much. Uh, and then there are internal battles. Internal battles. Uh, these are things that no one can see in you and in me. But there are things that go on in us and a lot of that comes from, I think, from the past. Um, I remember uh, just this past summer a story of one of our um, one of our urban partners walked into the, uh, the we call it the corral. That's where we have our big meetings. It's like a worship center like this, and she just couldn't believe what she saw, and she started kind of crying. And, and one of the girls that came from her ministry, and you may have even heard this on the news, but this little girl was uh, had two other siblings and a mom, and her father thought he killed all of them. But he shot the mom and the kids, but she lived. And for the last year, she hadn't really spoke to anybody, and she hadn't smiled in a year. Well, she comes into the corral, and every morning we have the morning show. And they do a lot of little crazy games. And for some reason, of course, our staff doesn't know all of what goes on with all of the kids. And they picked her to come up on the stage. And she got into the little game. And she was laughing and she was smiling. And so the urban partner just came to us and says, I cannot believe this. This is the first time in a year that we have seen her smile or laugh. And that was a good thing, but... Do you think in that little girl there's going to be some internal battles? Do you think in that little girl, as she does life, 
There's going to be some internal struggles, battles that go on. There's going to, and I know folks, you know, some folks uh, suffer from lack of confidence, lack of personal value, uh, an all-consuming feeling of guilt, uh, lack of self-worth, a feeling of insignificance. Uh, there's a there's a guy that I still meet with and know very well. And uh, as a matter of fact, in the church, in the like I said, when I was on the church staff, I would do these outreach luncheons and I would do these uh, dinners and and I would get a couple just to come and share their story, because a lot of folks that are not church they come to a place that's not a church. Like I would have it at Country Club of the South at Valentine's Day. And I would have them share their story. And, and I remember uh, when I was talking to these two, and I said, will you be our speakers for this? And so she started sharing. They're Christians. I wanted them to share their, quote, testimony, right? So she started telling me about, and she's a beautiful, beautiful gal. And she was telling me about uh, growing up and uh, that uh, her, her father and, and one of her brothers uh, sexually mistreated her. And so she confided in a in an older man, a neighbor across the street, because she was looking for some help. Well, he did the same thing. And so as as she's telling her story and as she's going on and on, I was thinking, how does a person ever get over that? And and you know the enemy, you know him, right? Satan. Well, he'll use those things that are in our past at the appropriate time, to really dig a hole for us. To make us feel that we are someone other than who God says we are. (laughs) He does a good job with so many people. Because if he can paralyze you and me based on these internal battles and these internal struggles, I'm going to be no good for him. Because I don't feel like, why in the world should I share my faith with you when do you really know me? Look at me. I'm not worthy. I'm not, I shouldn't be doing that. So we do have these, what I call in, internal battles. Um, I know another little guy that been in school and his mom was saying, Hey, uh, my son loves, I thought he loved school and he's got some friends and they come over to the house, but he, he wants me to homeschool this year as he's going into sixth grade. I can't, why do you want to homeschool? Well, he was bullied so bad that he did not even want, and he had a few friends at school, but he would sacrifice the few friends that he had to stay away from what he had to put up with every single day. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but names will never hurt you, right? Well, this little guy is dealing with names. And, and there are many people even today that they wish they would have had something broken rather than deal with the names that they were labeled with years and years ago because those names are still coming back and haunting them yet today and and devastating them. So there are these internal, what I call, battles that go on. Um, So to get the victory as a Christian... We have to know right, kind of where the battle lies, and we have to know the enemy in order for us to have victory. Now, our um, passage today, it was in your bulletin. It comes out of Galatians chapter 6. And the reason I selected this today is this is something uh, that will never end in our lives. 
And I'm kind of a bottom line kind of guy. <laughs> I want to know, give me the bottom line first. <laughs> and, and this is the bottom line thing for me. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition, some, some in your bulletin, I think. These are in conflict. These are in battle. You see what I'm saying? With one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So in that passage, we, we see basically two things, don't we? We see this thing called spirit, and we see this thing called flesh. Now, because you're mature in your faith here, I don't have to really go into what the spirit is. You know, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the Lord says that he's going to put his spirit in us. In Ezekiel, even in the Old Testament, he prophesied this. Then I will sprinkle, clean, this is in Ezekiel 36, verse 25. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. In other words, I'm going to take away all your sins. Eventually, it's going to be done. Moreover, I will give you a new heart, and I will put my spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. So there's going to be a whole new covenant, a whole new contract, a whole new way of looking at life, a whole new way of doing life. And so in, in uh, the New Testament over in Romans... And we could spend a lot of time in that great book, our, th our theology of Romans. In Romans 8, verse 9, just to talk about the Spirit of God again, in, in verse 9, he says, However, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. Oh, I didn't do it. Am I really? If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. In other words, are you a believer? And if you are a believer, what do you have? I like in Ephesians, uh, in, I think it's chapter 1, verse 13. He says, I, I love this. He says, I'm going to seal you with the Spirit. When you seal somebody, it can't get out. It's there. And so we have... The Spirit of God in us. Now, so there's two things that we have there. We have the Spirit, and then we have this thing called the flesh. And, and when I think, and again, I have to, you know, as a man thinks within him, so he is. As, as a woman thinks within her, so, so I have to think properly in order to, to have this victory that I want to walk in. My thinking and my theology is very important. Because that's the thing that's going to give me the victory. It comes from the truth. It's not what I might feel or what I might say, but it, it comes from, from his truth. And so when I think of this flesh, because the bottom line is what? There's a battle that's going on in you and me. And this battle is between what? The flesh and the spirit. Hey, when, when will that end? When you're with him. Oh, man, you mean I got to deal with this the whole time I'm on planet Earth? Absolutely. 
So I better know a little bit about this. This is the bottom line. That's the battle that's raging within me. I think that's the battle that was raging in George's son, Tyler. But he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know how to battle this, this crazy enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy me. And also you. So you have a flesh, and I call it the physical side. You see my, see my bot here? My skin. I'm going bald. I just noticed that the other... No, I'm really going bald. But, uh, so we have... That's the physical part of our flesh. But also in the New Testament, when you read about flesh, in the word sarks, it can also mean what I call the soul, the unseen, the inside. It's your thinker, your feeler, and your chooser. Your intellect, your emotion, and your will. All this makes up part of the... Encompasses all of the flesh. So I can think wrong. I can feel wrong, I can, all of that, right? So we have to know that the battle is against, I call it the the, the physical and the internal, the soul flesh, the, those both make up the flesh, and then the Spirit of God really is the true me. John 6.63 says, the Spirit gives life, and the flesh <laughs> profits nothing. In other words, I say there's nothing good in the flesh, right? So the spirit influences the flesh, doesn't it? That's why God says, hey, Dave, Dave, I know when you were a new Christian, you tried your best to please me. You tried your best to do all of these things because you knew that you thought I would really like you better if you worked really hard as a Christian. Right? But Dave, that, that came out of your flesh. Hey, Dave, you can't do the Christian life. Dave, quit trying so hard. Dave, I'm going to put my life, my spirit, the Son of God, He's going to, by the way, the Spirit, I'm going to put Him in you. I'm going to seal Him in you. And guess who's going to do Christianity through you? Man, I didn't know this till way after I was a new Christian. Let me tell you something. I'm a performance guy. I was working my tail off for Him. Working more? And enjoying it less. <laughs> Have you ever been there? So I didn't understand the battles that go on. So I am a spiritual being. Six times in Ephesians it says, I am seated in heavenly places with him right now. What? I don't understand that. And my spirits bear no witness with his spirit because I'm a spiritual being with a flesh or a soul. And it happens to live in a thing called the body. But the true me is I'm a spiritual man because I have received him and he's made me a new man. He's made me a new creature. And that old day that had a nature that was alive to sin and dead to God died. January 1980. Years after I learned all of this, I decided to have a funeral for myself. Had a funeral for the old Dave. Because I kept resurrecting that dude. Have you ever done that? I kept resurrecting that guy. But see, I didn't know truth. First uh, Thess 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he says it again. We can go through this all of them. So here's, here we see in... in, in in, in uh, Galatians chapter uh, Galatians chapter five, and and here's a, here's a here's a kind of a, a neat thing that I learned 
Because I used to think of myself as I'm just a sinner saved by grace until I started understanding truth and understand that all in the New Testament, he calls his believers saints. So I've changed my definition that I used to be a sinner saved by grace, and today and now I'm a saint that sometimes sins. He gave him who knew no sin to be sin on my behalf that I might become the spiritual or the righteousness, that's who I am, of God in Christ. And given the opportunity because of my new man, my new nature, my new being, I want to do more good than bad. Can I get an amen on that? Now, that's my nature. I don't have to try to be good anymore. I just am. Have you ever thought of it like that? That's why when I used to read this verse, these verses, when you know the truth, it's the truth that sets you free. See? And you can you can better battle that conflict of this flesh and spirit that's going on. And I used to read this. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit. You will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh has its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Look at that. So that you may not do the things that you please. Before I understand these truths, I thought the things that I would please to do would not be good things. <laughs> are you with me? Are you with me? I used to think I would just want to do all these bad, nasty old things. But I can't. Because I can't live a life inconsistent with who I am in my nature. I used to have a sinful nature. Now I have a righteous nature. So that you may not do all these righteous things. The flesh says, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess you up. So that you're gonna be no good for God. Because you have him living in you and given the opportunity as you focus on him, you'll do just all kinds of righteous things. But I'm not going to let you do it. See, I used to, I used to read that opposite. But now that I'm understanding truth, I know how to read this now. It's changed my entire perspective about how I do life, how I battle flesh and the spirit. Let me ask you, what do you think stronger? Spirit or flesh? And, and, and do you ever get in the flesh and sin? Oh, you better be shaking your head, yeah? <laughs> hey, me too. But I, I look at that like a basketball game. I love to watch basketball. I, love, I even play junior college basketball. If you're playing basketball and you foul someone, do you spend the rest of the game pouting about that foul? No, it's stupid. You get back in the game because, man, you're going to win this game. You're going to have victory in this game. The same thing with you and me when we mess up in the flesh and we sin, we foul. Forget about it. Get back in the game. Because you're the superstar. You're the, he made you that. You didn't even know. You could probably even dunk the ball. No. But you see what, the mindset will determine how I, how I do life. So, I'm going to make a bold statement here. And this statement says, Identity. Identity is the core to the victorious Christian life. How I think about myself will determine how I live. Do you believe that? And if I'm thinking wrong about myself, how am I going to live? But if I'm thinking truth and right about myself based on what his word says, not how I feel any given moment. You wake up every morning feeling like a uh, 100% champion and you're going to take on the world every morning. Come on now. But sometimes you don't feel like you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Sometimes you don't feel that way, right? But truth is what he says, regardless of how you feel and how you might think. It's still his truth, right? 
I'm going to bank my walk in victory over this battle based on his truth, right? So we got to always remind ourselves. And, and the, probably this message today is nothing new to you all. But you know, I need the reminder. So I'm just reminding you today. That's all I'm doing is reminding you the position we have. You know, he says, you're my heir. I, you know, I'm going to adopt some folks. I'm going to adopt you because I've handpicked you and I want you. You're going to be my son. You're going to be my daughter. You know, people like titles, right? Uh, Steve, how'd you introduce me? He's the executive director, the founder of Camp Grace. He's the president of da-da-da. He's the CEO of da-da-da. You know what the greatest title is? I'm a Christian. Ha! He gave me a title as a Christian, a follower of Christ. I could never be part of his organization without accepting the truth about his death, burial, and resurrection. And he has given me this title. Isn't that an awesome title? So, sometimes, you know, when you're driving and you're thinking about kind of theology, I know you all do that all the time. And I'm thinking about these truths. And every once in a while, I'll hear a song that's theological. And I'm preaching today, I want to preach on this, but I heard a song by Lauren Daigle. Daigle, Daigle, Daigle. You say. Hey, based on what I've just been saying here, here's a gal that was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. She had infectious mononucleosis in high school. She missed two years of high school. She wanted to go to LSU. She wanted to be in the medical field so she could be a medical missionary. But now she's just a... She's got a great voice and she, but here's a gal that had some struggles, some hardships, some battles going on. Life dealt her circumstances that, you know, she should have had. She understands this theology, this truth. L listen to her song. If we can play it. I got a thumbs up in the back. If you'd like to listen to You Say by Lauren Daigle, please click the link provided. The truth about your identity. Do you believe? See, if you don't believe it, it does you no good. So she went through these. And she said, you know the bottom line? Man, I believe you, Lord. I'm going to have victory over this battle of the flesh and the spirit that's always trying to eat my lunch. Because, Lord, you're my defender. Lord, you're my protector. I'm going to take all my victories and all my defeats. I'm going to lay them at your feet. Because I believe that I can have victory in Jesus. In Jesus alone. Because he lives in me and there's nothing he can't do through me. Hey, you believe that? How about any battles you have going on? How about the battles in the past that are internal that's raising their ugly neck every time you do something wrong and they're saying to you, see, look who you really are. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. God would never say that to you because you're a Christian.
That's your title. You're his masterpiece. You're his son. You're his daughter. He adores you. He's got your picture on his refrigerator in heaven. He really does. So I want to close in prayer right now. If any of you, just in your heart and your mind, need to take the victories and the defeats and just in your mind, lay, lay them at the feet of Jesus, especially entering this holiday season. Right? Our victory is not in what we think we can do to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Our victory is trusting in Him alone who lives in us. The victory is in only Jesus. He lives in you. He lives in me. And we can have every victory when the battle continues with the flesh and the spirit. We can. Only if you believe. And you want to lay it at his feet. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you today. We thank you for the word of God that is the truth that will set us free. Not a passage. Not a particular book. But the truth that's in that passage. We thank you for the truths that you've given us today. And we thank you that we could be bound up in just a lot of stuff internally from the past. We can look at our external situations and circumstances so different if we didn't know these truths about what you want to do in and through us to handle things for us. So I just pray for my brothers and sisters that are here today. And I would just pray right now. We would have a little exercise. We're not going to come up. We're not going to do anything. But Lord, in our minds, we're going to do a lot. There's some names that you struggle with. There's some things in the past that you still struggle with. That you identify and those labels have been on you for years. That's a lie. Our Lord Jesus died and he took all that into his body and he was buried and he buried it once and for all, never to raise his ugly head again. And then he was resurrected to give us a new life, a new identity, a new title. And Lord, that's who we are. And so in our mind right now, we're going to take those things and in our mind, we're going to walk to the foot of the cross. We're going to take all of the battles, all the defeats, and Lord, we're just laying them right there right now. And Lord, victories are not ours. They're yours. So all the victories as well are at your feet. And we thank you for the life that you've given us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the freedom that we have in your truth. And thank you for loving us so much that you've given us a brand new identity. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.